Welcome to the PBJ Connection Podcast. This will not be televised. Knowing there are thousands of other podcasts to choose from, we're glad you're here listening to us. If there are any topics you'd like us to cover or you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message at pbjconnection at gmail.com. Welcome listeners to PBJ Connection. This will not be televised. Today we're going to do a little wrap-up of... Uh, current events, and we'll go ahead and uh, get Pam to get us started. What's going hey. on, Pam? Hey, listeners. Oh, wow. Um, what can I say? There's a lot happening in the news, uh, a lot of things that are not good news. Um, and, and so mostly not great news, but it is newsworthy. Um, just like in Sudan, we were talking about Sudan and the, the, the U.S. hostages and diplomats uh, that are, they're unable to, U.S. is unable to evacuate these people because of the fact that they're bombing the, the airports. They've got military at the shores. So they're kind of stuck. These people are stuck. But it's not just the U.S. The U.S. is concerned because they feel like it's unsafe to try to evacuate them at this time. But there's bodies laying all over the ground. There's like 3,500 wounded and I think it was somewhere the number was around 400 that was killed and this is as of today and so you know it's not just the U.S. it's also China it's France and and as well as Britain who have diplomats that are over in the Sudan. Sudan is the third largest African country so the territory is massive but at the same time there's really no place to escape. And I would think that, the, so what I heard on the news, and you probably are, are more up on this than I have, because this was, I think, early yesterday. I heard they were going to try to have a ceasefire so people could evacuate. Do you know if uh, that ever came to fruition? or That has not happened. You know, that, that was a report that came into... Um, you know, here to the United States that they were going to try to release some of the diplomats or all of the diplomats. Mm. But the thing is, how can you stop a ceasefire when you're in the middle of a war? And you got two opposing entities. Well, there's always going to be one bad actor that's going to say, well, no stinking ceasefire for me. I want to kill people. (laughs) Right, exactly. No, we're not giving up the fight just to get them out. Right, yeah. So that's the problem. Um, there is no way to guarantee a ceasefire. And so the U.S. has decided that it's unsafe as of today. It's unsafe yeah. to try to even attempt to do an evacuation of the diplomats. At the same time, there's no convoys that are willing to enter into U.S. convoys that went willing to enter into the area to get caught up in, in the, you know, in the turmoil. Did it say, do you by any chance know, because I have not done a lot of research on this, do you know if we have troops stationed anywhere nearby that they could even establish a presence to go in and, you know, fight through all that nonsense? Not enough. Let's put it this way. The convoy is so small Mm. that's over there that it, you know, that's why they determined it was unsafe because there's not enough troops, U.S. troops over there. Right. And not even enough troops from France as well as Britain, who can actually determine how to get into the into that region and to evacuate people out of it. So wouldn't you think, so let me ask you something, wouldn't you think that 
<laughs> with with all of our countries combined, with pretty sharp intel, wouldn't you think that they would have had some kind of inkling that something was going to happen such that they would have been prepared for this? Or is it just me? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I agree, Jay, because, you know, the thing is, we're always on the lookout. We always have our nose in somebody else's business. So I'm wondering, and I don't know if this is true, you know, I can, we can speculate, we can actually, you know, say, you know, it's possible that the U.S. knows, but more than likely they did know that something was about to kick off. They just did not react in time to get those people out of there. And I, I'm sure even the people in the embassies had some knowledge. You would think that there's some kind of, Communication. I, I want to say spies, but I guess yeah. that's what they are. I mean, spies and plants that are keeping their ears open as to, you know, what might be going on. I would think there's signs and symptoms. Absolutely. And that's the point of having embassies in different countries. Yeah. Is the fact that, you know, they can keep their ears to the ground, you know, as well as figure out how their country can maneuver through the challenges within that country. So I guess, I don't know, Jay. Yeah, I, I really I mean, don't it's, know. It's kind I mean, of weird. We, they don't tell us everything. You know, they tell us bits and pieces. And it's usually by the time we get our bits and pieces, you know, the, the chaos has already begun. Right. And, and so, speaking of intel, what about this 21-year-old knucklehead that was on that gaming board that decided he wanted to share, like, insensitive, uh, insensitive, <laughs> he wanted to share sensitive documents uh, with yeah. his peeps on, yeah. uh, you know, on the gaming board. Right. Top level confidential documents. I mean, so I just have to say this because I, I'm very familiar with the military, you know, due to family <laughs> and, and work. Right. And... First of all, this guy is only in the guard. He's not active military. That's, so that's number one. Number two is 21 years old. Um, probably has no common sense whatsoever. Um, why in the world are there not checks and balances and safeguards built in to these IT folks who have access to all kinds of things why isn't there some kind of, and I'm asking rhetorically because I know you don't know the answer. No. Why haven't we established checks and balances to make sure that those who don't need to know this kind of information don't get to it? Or, or you know. The thing is, why would you put a 21-year-old who's in the guard in a position to have access to that kind of information? Well, see, and that's kind of my point. So... We, we both know that when they recruit people for the military, whether it be the Guard, whether it be active military, Army, Navy, fill in the blank, Marines, they are, these, these guys and gals, they're pretty young, right? They're, we know they're young. They're not, they're not recruiting 30-year-olds. They're recruiting young, young people. So is the problem that we're not recruiting good people? Or we're not teaching these recruits, you know, right and wrong? Or is it because there's a systemic problem within that process, that the running of our military, that they haven't said to themselves, geez, you know, um, 
this this these 21 year olds or 22 year olds and I and I I sound ageist here you know by saying you know 21 year old is not smart enough or or old or, enough and I know that there are very smart and very sharp 20 some year old so don't get me wrong listeners that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is there has to be some kind of a vetting process by their superiors to determine whether that maturity is in that person to deal with that kind of information because I don't think it's rocket science to figure out when you're talking to someone whether they are you know they still act like a 16 year old or a 15 year old you know when they're you know in their 20s yeah, it may be part of, you know, their vetting process because they, you know, they're trying to get bodies yeah. to do the work right. as opposed to getting the people they need to do the job. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, checking so, the box. Yeah, and so, I mean, he probably came in there with great IT skills because a lot of them do. He's probably a gamer, you know, that, that became obvious that he is a gamer. And so him sharing information, you know, they get on these, are young people, and, and I'm not trying to be ageist either. As far as you know, I'm not saying they're in, they're they're all incapable or don't have the the maturity, intellectual maturity to figure out what to do and what not to do in life because they they've made it this far. Let's put it that way. The thing is, I just don't think that there is a great vetting process when you bring people in and put them in positions where they're handling confidential information. Because if you remember, Jay, when we had to go through our security clearances and even to be a COTAR in the, in the government, you, ha you had to go through these series of classes. You know, you had to come out with at least having enough knowledge about what to do, what not to do how to handle SVU information. I mean, we went through security clearances every year, if you remember, There's... you know, just to figure out what you can divulge and what you can't divulge, you know, what you can take off the property, what you can't take off the property. Um, and that the thing is, I just don't think that that vetting process has been instituted within the military because, like I said, I think they're just trying to get bodies, you know? Yeah, well... You know, we are required to go through IT security training every mm -hmm. year, uh -huh. and it's gotten more and more robust as the holes in IT security have been identified. And this is not a military agency that I'm talking about right now that they have this required training. You would think that in the military it would be even more you know, complex and robust for whoever is in the military, you know, making sure that secrets are safeguarded. Because when you think about the other countries who are entrusting us to, to, to guard their information that they've shared with us, I mean, I have to believe that we are laughing stocks and people are shaking their heads. And this is like a sequence, right? Because you and I talked about this in another podcast, if I'm not mistaken, where we were talking about uh, over the years, these incidents are becoming more frequent. And foreign countries who are allies are probably scared to death to, to tell us anything, to, to share course. anything with us. Right. Because I would be. That they can't, yeah, because they, they're unable. If you can't insulate your own information, why would I trust you? 
with the information that I provide you. Exactly. So, you know, we're probably in the dark in, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're divulging all of our secrets, all of our intel openly and, and you know, on these platforms, of all places, a gaming platform, right? <laughs> so, right, and, and so some people might say, well, that's just a bunch of kids on there. They don't care about that doc, you know, those documents. It's like, how, how does anybody know who's on that board? How does anybody know who might be listening in? How does anybody know who might be tapping in just to see if there's some kind of a knucklehead like that guy who yeah. who is taking picture of documents? And and now I read in the in the news today, assuming that it's true what I read, and they said, oh, this has been going on for longer than they thought, like more than a year. He's been doing this, and then you think, okay. Hey. <laughs> so it's how, how is that happening, right? right? And right. who's gotten a hold of that information? We're sitting here, and you and I have talked about this. We're, mm-hmm. we're talking about past presidents and past vice presidents who have had uh, uh, secret documents, classified right. documents on their in their homes, and how there's a big brouhaha about all that stuff. And I'm like, well. You know, that's kind of, who cares at this point? Who cares, if it, Who cares at this point? We're sharing right. this on the internet. I mean, it's not just a document sitting in somebody's garage. Yeah, This exactly. is something that's been posted. Right. <laughs> you know. And here it is. When you get on those gaming sites and you're, you know, you develop relationships with people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very easy to do so. So here he is at work. He's got access to all this information. He's got some downtime. All right, let's play a game. It's like, man, I would love to get a hold of some, you know, some top secret information. <laughs> Wouldn't I be the cool cat? Wouldn't I be the, the bee's knees if I was able to share some of these secret documents that show, you know, the, the weaknesses and some of our allies, you know, war games and... Like, crowd crowd mentality. Yeah, I know? just... <laughs> and that's the bad part about it. It's like, and so you wonder, and we were talking about this last time, about this AI. Oh, you know, geez, Pam, the AI. When is it going to happen, you know, it, it, at the rate that it's going and the rate that it's being used? At what point are, are, is this next generation going to be able or are going to lose their ability to have original thoughts? It's it's not even it, it's it's even past that, because uh-huh. there was uh, I was watching a show, um, it's one of those morning shows, and they had uh, identified somebody had identified a mashed up music uh, recording with The Weeknd and Drake, and it was all done by AI, and you couldn't tell that it was done by AI, and what happened was that mashup recording someone had to pull it because you know drake in the weekend they were like uh no that is not us and so now i mean that was one instance so can you imagine multiply that by million instances who's going to be able to rein that in i mean that is a free-for-all at least from my perspective and i i heard on the news this week um uh it was a college professor and she knows that, you know, her students are generating these papers AI, right? And so there is a, um, I don't know if it's a platform, I don't know if it's an app, but now there's this app that will 
identify the amount of information that's being generated by by AI. And the, and the professor said, look, who has time to go through each individual paper loaded to make sure that it's, whether it's AI or not? So she said that she's going to revert back to um, paper and pen, you know, when it comes to them taking exam. And they have to answer with a paper and pen. No computers allowed in the, in the classroom. Yeah. You know, because the fact that if you're, if you are using any of, of the AI, chat GPT, open AI, whatever, you are going to be able to put a, like an essay question in there. Right. And it will pull in that essay question and you just take that cut and paste it and call it a day. Right. 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 And you may not even, you may not even read it. Yeah. You just, <laughs> and so she said, I don't know where this is going, but she said, I'm going back to the pen and paper you know, when it comes down to actually doing the exams, because that's the only way that I can trust that my students are actually reading the material, understanding the material, and actually can restate or, or take that information and, and make logical sense of it, you know, into a paper. Right. And I was like, that's insane. But oh, it is it's insane. Happening. It's, <clears throat> it's happening everywhere. And, and, and so you think about, as, how about when voting comes along? Oh. Elections, and not yeah. just for the United States. I mean, I'm talking worldwide, yeah. Right, because right. this is this is not a United States thing. I mean, this is you know any country that's got technology. So all you need is the technology, and yeah. what country does not have technology? Nowadays? Right, and so everybody has technology. And when elections so, come along, how are you going to know what you're seeing is real, and what you're reading is real? Right. Who, who? I mean, I think it's. I think we're on the cusp of it being totally out of control. Yes, me too. Me too. I do too. It, it's and and, you know, it even goes beyond that when you think about AI. When you think about you know companies and and uh, government institutions that will be using AI to write policy. Yeah. You know. And so it's like, okay, you're getting thoughts from multiple sources, right? May not be aligned with what, what you want to do or, or basically what the agency or entity wants to do, but it's a quick way of getting that policy out there and just figuring out as it goes and we'll change it as we need to instead of perfecting it before it goes out the door. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's going to snowball. Yeah, it is. It's it's it going is. to be it's going to be wild. And so and I hate to say it, Jay, but it's going to be in our lifetime. Oh yeah, I think it's like within the next 5 years it's going to be bad bad times at Blackrock. I think is yeah. the name. <laughs> Isn't that a movie or something? Bad yeah, times at Blackrock. Black I don't know where Blackrock is, folks. <laughs> Yeah, when you were talking about the military, you know, there was a guy, U.S. Marine, who was just convicted, I think it was yesterday, um, for 12 years for cross-border drug smuggling. So oh, he's been doing this. Yeah, he's been doing, he's been smuggling drugs in the military as a U.S. Marine, smuggling drugs in and out of the country for forever, forever, you know, and so now they just... They caught up with them. Now they can 
They gave him 12 years. 12 years. 12 years for him to learn even better while he's better. in prison, <laughs> the you know, right. better way How of to, doing it when he comes out. Right. Probably use an AI while he's in there right. to figure out the next point. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of drugs, uh, I also heard in the news that, uh, you know, for a while, for a long while, the folks have been worried about fentanyl and, yeah. uh, you know, how that is being laced in everything. And so I heard, I heard, and I don't know if it's true, but what I heard was now they are combining fentanyl with an animal tranquilizer and it's called Trank. This, this new concoction is called Trank. And it is, this concoction evidently, according to what I heard and assuming that it's true, mm -hmm. um, not only could it kill you just because of the combination, but this animal tranquilizer being introduced with fentanyl can cause necrosis, not on the outside, but from the inside out. So when you hear about necrosis and you hear about, you know, tissue death, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. I don't know who's inventing these concoctions, but they're basically cutting their customer populations by killing them. So I'm not sure whose bright idea it is to, you know, right. lace all these drugs with these uh, lethal, you know, these lethal components. That's a new one. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah, but they're they're cutting. I mean, what's so weird is, well, if if you want to supply drugs, you want to keep your customers because you want to keep that chain going of income. But if you're killing them. It's like, what exactly is your end game? You know, it, it probably is just enough that it doesn't kill them initially, but over time, you I, know? I don't know, you know, this trank thing, I don't know how lethal it is, you know, whether yeah. there's a certain amount or a, a certain dosage or I, I didn't, they didn't go into that. Wow, I um, got that. I had to take a note on that one. That's trank. I yeah, mean, trank. I have not heard about trank. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Well, on the good side, California, with all its endless storms that they had, rainstorms, they are actually experiencing some blossoms. And, oh, my gosh. And Did you see those? <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. those fields oh are unbelievable. Unbelievable. So and now, so that's the bright side of things. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, well, I never thought they were going to come back from all of that drought. I mean, I just didn't think it was, uh, you know, possible for them to return. But boy, oh boy! I mean, all the um, all the rivers and the streams that had dried up—they're now back to normal. That is good news. It's really helped the ecosystem in California. So it has been because some of those like blossoms have been, you know, they were almost being extinct well, from they that were, region. Yeah, who knew that they would come back to life? That's, I think that's what's so amazing to me is when I saw all those blossoms, the poppy blossoms especially, um, you would think that it, with that kind of dryness that it would, the seed would be so decimated that it would never come back. Talk about resilience, right? That's indeed. So that was on the bright side. So Jay, what we got on the health side today? So, yeah, a little bit of good news, uh, interesting news. Uh, there is a publication called um, Brain and Life. It is 
put together by the American Academy of Neurology. It's a free publication that I get, I think they put it out every two or three months, quarterly, uh, so it must be three months. And in this, uh, they always talk about um, different neurological things that people are curious about or they've experienced and uh, research and, and findings. And there was an article in here that uh, Pam, I was talking to you about earlier before we got on air, and it was on vagus nerve stimulation. So vagus nerve stimulation, I'm going to read these because I'm just not that smart. I can't talk off the cuff, so I'm just going to read it. Um, vagus nerve stimulation, uh, called VNS, was initially approved to treat drug-resistant epilepsy. And now it's used for okay. migraines, cluster headaches, and stroke rehab. Oh. So who knew? So number one, and, and it interested me because I used to have migraines. Luckily, I don't have them anymore, but I can tell you anybody with migraines. And I also know people who have had strokes, including right. my grandmother on my mom's side. And so uh, this vagus nerve is uh, located... Uh, runs from the brainstem through the neck to the chest and stomach, um, and it has electrical impulses. And so it's part of the nervous system, and it's often called the rest and digest system because it helps the body relax after periods of stress or danger and regulates bodily functions such as digestion and heart rate. It provides a bridge between the brain and peripheral organs, and they play an important role in memory, emotion, and pain, among other things. And so I'm not going to go through every single thing, but the bottom line is this vagus nerve stimulation not only has been helping people who have epilepsy, and, and even children, by the way, it's not something that uh, you know, can only be used on adults, but they're starting to use it uh, for other things like migraines, and um, it doesn't have any side effects. And they said that in one of its newer applications, it could enhance stroke recovery. In fact, they don't even know why. <laughs> the, the article really? says, yeah, we see really good effects, but we don't even know why. And it says in here, um, a study in, the, in 2021 investigated the effects of this therapy on people who had lost arm function as a result of an ischemic stroke. Those who used that therapy along with rehab three times a week for six weeks saw twice the level of improvement in their arm function compared to those who didn't. Um, and another new development says, research suggests that a non-invasive device that does the same thing placed on the skin of the ear could modulate activity in the vagus nerve after stroke. Um, and this has so they to use electrical stimulation. Yeah, yeah, it's these devices that uh, go along these these nerves along the side of your neck, and they even have devices that people can use on their own, not implanted, but hey, you know, I'm going to do this therapy, and right. they regulate themselves. And That's and this is this is the kind of thing, and you and I've talked about this. This is the kind of thing that. If we ever went to the doctor or we ever knew somebody who had a stroke, they're likely not talking about this. They're likely not talking about this therapy, right? And so, medications. A lot of medications. Yeah, oh, well, let's just give you some drugs and see what happens. You know, 
instead of something that is non-pharmaceutical. So uh, no side effects. No side effects. None. Zero. Zilch. So you know things like that. I think are are worth educating patients about. Things like that are worth you know talking to medical professionals and saying hey, this, this is uh, something that's being researched, and these are the results, so you need to start thinking about that in your practice. Um, that's just my opinion. And, and when you go, because, you know, I used to find things, I used to find current research, you know, on, on my own, and then I'd go to the doctor, and I'll ask them, have you heard about this? And he'll go, no. And I had one of those doctors who would just turn around in the seat and he could bring it up easily and read through it, scan through it, and, yeah. and see what I was talking about. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, because they don't, physicians, the majority of medical practitioners, the ones who see a lot of patients on a daily basis, don't have time to read all and everything that's out there, all the new advances in, in medicines as well as this itself, which is technology. Um, to, to try to help their patients. So that, that's why they call it a practice. We, talk, yeah. we talked about <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would hope that, it, and I think we've talked about this, and I get on my soapbox every time, but, you know, physicians who make a pretty good wage, and you and I both know, there's not like a, a bunch of physicians out there that are struggling. They're the ones that are living in McMansions, driving around... Uh, BMWs and other things, why they would not hire, even if it was a medical group, why they would not hire somebody to do nothing but research based on that particular practice, say if it was a cardiac practice, to do nothing but research, nothing but provide data and statistics so that all these physicians in this practice would be aware of something that might help their patients. And then you and I've talked about this before. When you get to a certain age, you know, people, it seems like people are expendable. It's like, well, it's not really, not really worth uh, knowing about. You know, I'll just use my regular textbook um, solutions. Yeah, absolutely. And that it will be that. The, it worked for the general population. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it'll work for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny you should say that because you said epilepsy. Because, you know, in, in when you're doing hypnotherapy or, or some kind of talk therapy, there are there's certain um, medical ailments that you can't touch, you know, unless you have a physician, you know, who's sitting right next to you and he's supervising the whole process. And epilepsy is one of those, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so you can't, you can't go into somebody's, you know, mind of an epileptic and and try to help them maneuver through the neural pathways because of the fact that they've got stuff that's going on. They have these electrical brainstorms that go on in their brain and you don't know when they're going to hit and how they're going to hit. They don't even know how it's going to hit, you know? And so there's certain things that you cannot touch on uh, if you have somebody who's epileptic. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's all pretty interesting and, uh, I would, I would say to all the listeners uh, in the United States, if you want to be educated with a free publication, it's called Brain and Life, uh, put, to, put together by the American Academy of Neurology. 
You can get it uh, online or you can uh, subscribe to it in paper version. Great news. Well, I'm glad we were able to end on two positive notes today. I just have to say uh, one thing. Before we, before we break, mm -hmm. I, I want to talk about TikTok. <laughs> I, I, I just have to get this off my chest. I'm sorry, Pam. I'm sorry, no. but I, I, I read that there no. was this TikTok challenge with Benadryl. With Benadryl? Oh, you didn't hear about this? No, 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 no. Okay, this 13-year-old young man, young boy, teenager, evidently was being pressed by his peers to take this TikTok challenge where you're supposed to take uh, 13 or 14 Benadryls so that you can start hallucinating. Well, he did, and his, his friends, supposedly friends, uh, filmed it, and uh, after he got carted off to the hospital, well, I don't know if it was posted, I guess it was posted, uh, five days later after they rushed him to the hospital, they took him off life support because he had no more brain activity and he died. And so I just have this one thing that I want to say and you and I, I think, have talked about this in, in other podcasts. Where are the parents who are monitoring their children or, or telling their children, you know, that TikTok stuff, that crazy nonsense? Uh, don't let your friends convince you to do something stupid uh, if you want to stay alive. It's the same thing that we talked about regarding um, parents who leave their children. They forget their children is in the back seat. Their child is in the back seat, and they go off for four hours, and of course the child does not make it. I don't know where we are with accountability and responsibility with parenting. Um, you know, with all the craziness on social media and on the internet that people have access to. You know, here in the state that I'm in, the, the governor's worried about books. I'm like, yeah, you know what, books. <laughs> Books are the least of your problem. Right. But book, books are, are not going to kill children, but social media yep. might. Yep, absolutely. So absolutely. I just have to say that. Um, I am so glad you brought that up because, <clears throat> you know, I have this, this thing about TikTok. Uh, an acquaintance of mine tends to speed up her uh, because she knows that these young people are not going to stay on too long, so she speeds up her voice on her TikTok videos right. in order to capture the audience as quickly as she can. Yeah, because they don't they don't take any time. Yeah, and it's funny because what happened was her sister in law called her and said, "Are you okay?" Because she just seemed like she was just she was ranting and raving. It seemed like that she was upset about what she was talking about, and it had to do with an employee or a few employees that have been hired and you get them into the job and yet they don't want to do the job but yet they want the paycheck oh that's another and, issue that <laughs> oh my gosh yeah so her sister-in-law when she heard it when she heard the recording she called her immediately and she said are you okay because the, the the volume and the speed of the the recording okay. had been Yes, yes. speed it up, you know, just to capture the audience to hear her message. And I was like, this is the problem. 
this is this is truly the problem because if it took more time, kids would start making decisions during that time. You know, like what is real, what is not real, what works, what doesn't work. I saw one, and this was it caught me at a rare moment. I don't know why I was on it at the time. I think it was Instagram or one of the others, and and I had gotten into a trance, you know, with this one video, because they were using um, bananas to try to remove a tattoo, you know? <laughs> That's I was interesting. Like, what is going, what, what, is, what is going on, you know? And it, it had me captivated. I was like, this you wanted to see really, how it was going to turn out. <laughs> yeah, because they used bubble wrap first, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and yeah. the bubble wrap was supposed to be but between the bubble wrap and the banana. Well, the the it was supposed to have been taken off the this ink onto the bubble wrap. It, it just went on, uh-huh. and then you know, and they were like, you know, and, and their excitement about it's working, and you know, they're rubbing the bubble wrap, and like instantly. Worked. I mean, like this was not a like over days having it bubble wrap, no, but like this was no, this was as the video was oh, going on, wow. and then they took off the, you know, they took off the, uh, and supposedly this guy, whoever he was, whether he was, I don't know if he was a, 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 a tattoo artist or. But he was wearing gloves, and he was doing this this one female. He was, you know, he was wearing surgical gloves. So mm-hmm. I don't know in what capacity, you know, his profession or capacity. But he seemed to have the 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 intellect to describe this process mm-hmm. to that of somebody who was in the medical profession, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, or science, or in the science field. It was George then, Santos. and and listeners i don't know if you know who george santos is but yeah he's 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 done everything right he's done everything everything Mm -hmm. so yeah so (laughs) at the end of the video right and like i said yeah it was a rare moment for me but it put me in a trance (laughs) because i was like is this really going to work right and he took off the the bubble wrap and, and removed the banana peel and did all this other stuff and the tattoo was still there. Well, and it was like, it was, he, was taking, he was taking it on the opposite end of the spectrum because there are so many things that you see on TikTok, just like I heard about this, this poor cream that comes from China. And, it, you know, they got over 400 million viewers on this poor cream. Skin uh, pores, comes, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Okay, it, it actually pores in your uncaused, skin. It uncaused pores in your skin. Uh-huh. Particularly on your, and it's a cream, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And I'm assuming it, it costs around somewhere $24, $25, $30 or something. I'm not even sure what the cost was. Yeah. But then you take this chia seed and you put it on the on, on top of the cream, right? Uh-huh. And you wait 10 minutes yeah. and then you wipe it off. And mm-hmm. it's like, and it does not work. <laughs> but they sold millions and millions and millions of this stuff. They've so sold somebody, stuff, even though it doesn't work? Even though it doesn't Get work. Get out of town. It, it wasn't within the last, I would say, last six or six months or so that physicians, you know, um, dermatologists started getting online. And they said anything that says that it can work in 10 minutes, is a hoax 
you know, there is nothing. So this one dermatologist, I think his name is Stern, Dr. Stern. Anyway, he, he did a test on himself and he kept reaching back to the company and said, this is false advertising. You guys need to take this off. And they keep kept coming back to him with these responses, you know, like try it on, put on a, a heavier. So he was doing what they were advising him to do, sure. right? Sure, sure. But he said it doesn't work. And he says, but when you have 400 million viewers, somebody's going to buy it. Well, it, it, it goes along with, and I think we talked about this, you know, the Prevagen. Have you seen the commercials yeah. where they have this, you know, this cute elderly couple talking about what they used to do and what they do now and how, you know, their memory was getting kind of cloudy and all of a sudden they started taking Prevagen and now they're just, right. you know, <laughs> Einsteins. They, they feel like right. they're in their 20s again. And right. I'm just like, yeah, no. Yeah. No. no, I'm sorry, no. but no. Um, no. And you can. And, and, and the thing is, when you look at the side effects of Prevagen, what would you rather have? Well, you could look online okay. and see all of the reviews, even the professional, you know, medical reviews of that particular over-the-counter thing, and they're like, right. "Yeah, don't go there." Don't go there. But it people buy work. it. People but are still people buying buy it. it. Yeah, because it's it's that. That always reaching for that golden apple. That in, instant fix. Instant fix. Yeah, yeah. but nothing. Yeah, the, the doctor, he, he got on and he did a whole <laughs> video and he was like, this stuff is, he said, anything that can work in 10 minutes, don't believe it. Right. You know, when it comes to the skin, it, right. it's no way that it can work. You know, yes, you can go for peels and even that takes several treatments and, you know, it takes time to heal the skin as well as, you know, get the pigmentation back. Even if you go for a, a chemical, you know, peel or something, you know, UV lights. I mean, yes, that even takes time. So to, to use a cream on your face, then sprinkle chia seeds. <laughs> it sounds like somebody's cooking. Chia seeds were for. <laughs> it's like, don't they go on some kind of dish, food dish? <laughs> Or a chia pet? You grow in yes. the chia pet? I grow a chia pet. I was like, well, what is the chia, chia seeds for? I couldn't, I couldn't get my mind wrapped around the part about the chia seeds, but, you know, sprinkling on it. And what is chia seeds supposed to do for your skin on top of this cream? I was, so, yeah, so, I, you know, we are always, always searching, always searching, always looking for new and improvements you know what's going to improve our life and the skin may not be it you know a I lot mean, of believers of a lot of nonsense out there that you and i have talked about before um you look at pizza gate and some of these other wild conspiracy theories that are out there and you're like who comes up with this were they drinking right. are they high <laughs> are they just right. testing it out to see how many people will believe this craziness is they get people to subscribe they get people they to do. buy their products they yeah. get people to buy products that that are not that but they have some connection to they get people and to vote like, just like the prevagen you were talking about how it increases your you know your brain function well i can give you a simple simple very simple uh, way to increase your brain function which everybody knows it needs is movement you know your exercise brain, 
exercise. Exercise does unbelievable. If you're just exercising and eating right, all those nutrients that go to the brain, I mean, you're talking about changing the way that your mind is working. Exercise is the best thing you can do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, but it's not a quick fix, and it's going to take effort, and it's going to take time, you know? Just because you work out one day or two days out of the week. <laughs> that's not going to fly. It's not going to make a difference in your brain, right? <laughs> but if you do it consistently over time, you will notice improvements, not only in your ability to think faster, make better decisions, but actually process information quicker. Um, I, can't, I can't stress it enough. Yeah. So listeners... Jay and I are going to wrap this up. We know we, we hit y'all with a lot of stuff today. Uh, but, you know, the world is what it is, and we live in it. And so everybody has a responsibility. My thing is, and, and Jay has said this so many times, put your, your own oxygen mask on first before you try to help somebody else. And we hope that we have provided you some insight that now you have some tips and tools in your tool belts, you know, and information that you can uh, make your life better, live longer, and be well. 